Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Wesson Walker Show. I think the most I've ever spent was like maybe, was maybe 150 it's a decent amount. It's Wes. And how much was the transaction that you had to pay her when the date was over? Wow. That's wow. an amazing insult. And Walker. It just makes me feel good. I can't get a woman out of the bed, but I can get my co-host or that's my right. show host out of the bed. That's I think right. you can get a woman in the bed, Fiddy. It's not about getting them out right now. Shut the hell up. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. <laughs> Definite inside joke. Oh, yeah. That's too, that's too much. The live wire coming up in just a moment right here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's been quite the show today. And the way that I can tell is because the texts are all over the place, especially at the beginning of the show. We were talking about mongooses. I don't know if that's plural. I think it is mongooses. We're talking about cats, evil ones. Your old mean cat named Biff. Yes. My old mean cat named Millie. Talking about buns in the last segment because Fiddy brought up <laughs> Haynes King's buns for some reason. I mean, just show Bianca Batuka on the Big Ten Network on the montage of Michigan-Ohio State moment. Well, what do you know? How about that? All right, Bianca Batuka. Very cool. All right, yeah, it's been a weird show. Let's go to the text line. Uh, Casey, Steve, when we had that weird sound transition when Fiddy wasn't listening to me, he said if that w- if that sound transition was a play, it would be a fourth and six screen pass. Mm. Yeah, that would. You that think was, uh, David Tepper would put it on a piece of paper and give it to the offensive coordinator and tell you him? You already call know it. I would, uh, Wes. That's a great play on fourth and six. Uh. <laughs> he also said, uh, "Yeah, he would be like, well, you know, maybe we just listen the next time." Yeah. Uh, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not listening. Fiddy would be Frank Reich in that scenario. Yeah, he would. No, I'm not listening. All right, let's all listen. <laughs> oh, to f- for sure. <laughs> let's all listen to Fiddy, shall we? He's got a lot of sound bites to give to us, even some Charlotte Hornets conversation. Let's hit it. Time now for the Live Wire. Live Wire Connect. Live Wire's on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live Wire's connect. Yeah, we do have another major story with the major other pro team in the city. And kind of like the one with the Panthers. Well, guys, it's it's not very good as Lamella Ball is going to miss an extended period of time. And here is a Shams talking about that yesterday on the rally on Bally. Sources tell me LaMelo Ball has suffered a serious ankle sprain in that right ankle, and it's expected. It's likely, I think the the Hornets are definitely bracing that he is going to be out a period of time, an extended period of time. This is the same ankle, guys, that he has surgery on last season for a fracture in the ankle. But the good news here is I'm told tests show that he has no fracture, no break in that ankle. But it's it's obviously a severe enough injury that the Hornets are looking at it, and I expect a cautious approach. So, of course, the major thing there is that's the same ankle that he had surgery on a year ago, but no fracture. But Walker... We should have all been alarmed that this was going to be 
an injury that made him miss some sort amount of time when the Hornets invented a new injury term, calling it a ankle strain, yes. talking about how long LaMelo could potentially be out. It was funny to see on Twitter, people were trying to figure out if it was a typo or if the Hornets were <laughs> legitimately trying to dodge the word sprain out there for people to panic over. It's a problem. You hate it because now it's... I mean, I can see you have your hands on the bridge of your nose like He's a point of father that's just absolutely stressed. Yeah, I've got a face strain because of the way that I'm reacting to this injury once more to LaMelo. Yeah, I, LaMelo being out for an extended period of time. One, if we just want to talk about how this affects the team, playoff chances are over. Maybe you could hold on to some play-in chances, but when you lose a guy that's making $200 million because you, he affects your team that much, then playoff isn't really a part of the conversation anymore. Not outright. I don't know how much it ever really was. Now we're talking play-in. Man, this season, they're not going to get to the play-in tournament, especially with other injuries that could come along the way. It, the reason we don't have a lot of faith in the health of the Hornets is because everybody has spent time down. But when you have LaMelo out for an extended period of time and you know an injury to Gordon Hayward is coming, you know an injury to some other players are because that's life in the NBA. You're never 100% healthy for a significant portion of the season. Maybe some other guys with uh, some of their foundation. But, yeah, I, it's really tough. And now is the story going to be LaMelo can't get healthy? Is that going to be the story of his beginning of his career? Or is he really going to come back from this? Ankle brace conversation is all over the place because he said he wasn't wearing them. Are you going to wear them now? I, we certainly hope so. What do you make of this injury for LaMelo? Well, two things at play here. For one, how is what's good for Steph Curry not good for you? You can point to one of the greatest players of our time having ankle issues that could have derailed his career and what he did. And that's called being a professional, doing what needs to be done to keep your behind on the court. And he wasn't doing that. And it's just another sign of a lack of maturity for him not going out there wearing the ankle braces like he should. I mean, saying that in the interview that you had with him that they, you know, hurt or were too hard. Come on, man. They make a million different types of ankle braces. You mean to tell me with the money that you have in them? Well, not that he has to pay for them, but the money that these organizations have, they can't get you custom things that will fit to your liking. Come on, dog. Like, nobody's buying that. And now you see... Uh, the after effects of this and to me it's just a lack of professionalism and now we see the results that have come from it but also too I look at this training staff we talked about it earlier in the pre-show I can't remember seeing the Hornets in whole in their totality outside of a handful of times maybe and I think I'm stretching with that since LaMelo's been drafted it's one thing after another and to me what a top flight organization would do is you know, get rid of the, the strength and conditioning staff and the training staff and get A++++ in both areas to be able to help maybe deter some of the stuff. And I'm not saying that this staff is, is garbage, but if you see multiple players going down all the time and it's happening all over again, 
something needs to change in the strength and conditioning aspects and something needs to change in the trainer aspect. Well, and, and I look, I know you said you're not buying it. I do buy that it's painful. I think most people will tell you that there is a period of pain that you go through before eventually getting okay with it and just getting used to it. Steph Curry had that happen. I know Trey Young, those are the two guards. But it's just all about, hey, just deal with it for a little bit before you get used to it, and then you won't think about it anymore. And I think that's what everybody wants to see LaMelo do. Wear the braces, get through that period where there might be some pain, and then you get over it, you get used to it. We do have another ankle soundbite here, right, or ankle braces soundbite, Fitty? Yeah, we got Steve Kerr Okay, talking so- about how the, uh, the ankle braces or the ankle brace or braces. Brace? Brace? If you want to talk, yeah, brace. If you're talking about individual leg, we could, we don't have to make it plural. And, and and how they help Steph Curry. Obviously, Steph playing is a good sign of how he's feeling. But I'm just curious how that ankle maintenance did go over the last like 48 hours. Or yeah, maybe. he's feeling really good. You know, I mean, I'll be honest. I didn't think he was going to play when I saw him limping. Um, you know, at the end of that game. Uh, but he explained to me that you know this has happened in the past, and you know he wears his ankle braces. And so oh, what happens is if he rolls his ankle like he did the other night, the brace protects his ankle. Professionally. But then the brace, when as it's protecting, kind of jams into his, his leg. So when you saw him limping the other night at the end of the game, it wasn't his his ankle. It was, you know, that spot on his leg where the, the brace jams in. And as he explained it, um, that pain goes away really quickly. And so... It, you know, it, it was a quick turnaround, but that's why, you know, it's a quick turnaround. He's feeling he's feeling really good today. All right. So that was sound from Anthony Slater, Warriors athletic beat writer, asking Steve Kerr about a Steph Curry ankle brace and injury question. That was on April 29th of 2021. That's when Steph Curry aggravated that injury, but was able to come back, as you heard Steve Kerr talk about, with a quick turnaround because of the way that that brace was able to help him out. Like I, This is what gets frustrating. I'm not saying that, oh, just put an ankle brace on him and he's all good. He'll never get injured again. I'm not sure it works like that. But there's clearly a reason that people with ankle injuries go to these things, and now you want him to wear them just to protect himself. And also as fans of LaMelo, clearly our best player, as fans of the organization, wanting the best for him too, yeah, you want to see him out there on the court as much as possible. And so now I wonder if this is going to change anything. And I know he got hurt. Like, I'm not trying to be insensitive to the fact that you do have to get used to it. We do have to understand that there is this metal rot wiring in his ankle as well. I, I think they might have checked on that also. There's there's a lot going on down there, which is frustrating because now it's a little concerning about what might be going on with his ankle. Man, just something has to change for us to feel good about your longevity in this league. Something has to change for us to feel good about you being available game in and game out. Because if now we're just hoping, crossing our fingers without any braces, without checking this thing out, without you know anything happening at all, then the last two years have shown that's not going to last all that long. So what changes, Wes? At its simple terms, something has to change, and that's the question for LaMelo. Yeah, I think the change is that he understands now that he needs to do everything possible to stay healthy on the court. I mean, the contract's guaranteed. It's not like the money's going to 
run out, but this is a guy that just needs to understand that, hey, I need to be on the court for my team no matter how uncomfortable it may make me at times as long as I'm available to step out there and play and put that number one jersey on. I need to do whatever that is. And there have been plenty of players over the years that have done things that may not have been the most fun for them, but they get out there and play. I mean, how many guys do we see with broken noses that get out there with those masks? Those things can't be fun to play in, but they get out there because they want to be out there for their team. So, do what needs to be done for your doggone team. I'm tired of them getting hurt all the time. The curse of the it's Queen crazy. City continues. It's, a, it, it's actually crazy. They've, they've got that Bobby so- Bowden on you. <laughs> so many. You just kept going. I hope so. I hope that that injury curse goes away somehow. Do you have another soundbite that you wanted to end up here with, Fiddy, or did you want to move on? Yeah, no, I did want to play this piece of audio from Joe Person when he was on with the Kyle Bailey show earlier in the week is... David Tepper's getting ready for yet another head coaching search as the owner of the Carolina Panthers in person believes that Daddy Tep, they should use a search firm this time around. First of all, I think given the, the way the last couple hires have gone, I think they would be wise, and I'm going to ask this question tomorrow if nobody else does. I think they would be wise to use a search firm this time around. Um, you know, I've heard some people in the industry say, ah, oh, it's a waste of money. You know what? Tepper's got money. Go ahead and try it, and let's see if this time might be a little different. Are y'all a fan of NFL teams using search firms to find their next head coach, and how do you think it would play with a guy that meddles as much as our owner here in Carolina? Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I know that's especially a big thing in college, and I, I would think that a lot of pros use it too. It's always weird to me because you would feel like that people would be in the know enough to know who's who as far as the coaching candidates that you want. But what I will say is, especially if you fire your GM, you don't have a president of football operations or anything like that. This is an owner that we already know isn't a football savant. So do you trust him to go out on his own accord and be able to just pick a coach and it's going to work out? No, I think he does uh, need some help, especially when you clean house in an organization. Who's going to pick besides the owner? So uh, I think it is a great idea, a great resource that people use. We already know he's not a football savant. Does he know he's not a football (laughs) savant? Because if he thinks he's a football savant, there's no way in hell he gives this kind of control to anybody but himself to decide who is going to be the head coach of this team. I, I love the question. I would love to hear David Tepper's answer, but I already feel like I know the answer. Wes Bryant one time said it when asked about something he didn't believe in at all. What did he say? No, hell no. That's exactly <laughs> what Tepper would say to a search firm idea. Are you crazy? This yeah. is my team. Yeah. I think they should be running certain plays. I drew it up on a napkin. Yeah. Here you go, Frank. <laughs> you think he's going to allow a search firm to go hire who the next head coach of his franchise is going to be? Hell no, man. hell no. Yeah. No way, man. Right. No way he's going to hire another search firm. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Don't get it twisted. I am not saying that at all. I'm saying David Tepper has way too much control over this thing to allow somebody else to make that decision. He's not doing that. What if he hired a search firm and the search firm came back and told him he should hire Matt Rule? 704-980. Let's go. Dave, have you seen this guy in Lincoln? Have you seen that guy? Did y'all see his mustache, by the way, after the (sighs) Iowa game? There's a lot going on with Matt Rule. He, He held on for a while, like where the only viral video of him would be given a pregame speech, and that was the good viral thing for Matt Rule. But after the storming the beaches of Normandy comment, 
wearing a must having a mustache on your face delivering that comment nah man you lost all the pregame motivation <laughs> bye smoke said that he shaved the part off his chin in the pregame that when he saw him pregame he had the full beard and mustache but he shaved during pregame imagine telling your equipment people whenever they're packing up to make the trip Hey, man, make sure you pack a straight razor. I'm going to shave before the game. Mm. What's something nice and relaxing before we go take the field, if you don't mind? Take <laughs> some ambiance, maybe some <laughs> nice, some kind of smelling oil to enrich the experience, something That's like nice. that. That'd be great. Okay, we can go play some football as well. That'll do it for the Live Wire. we got a couple more segments to go on Wesson Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. fun with the question what would be the funniest answer from the search firm that David Tepper might hire what would be the funniest hiring according to the search firm to bring back to David Tepper and hey Dave I think this is the guy Sweet Cheeks wrote in yeah that's right Sweet Cheeks on the text line Carolina Men's Clinic text line 704-570-9610 Tepper needs a consulting firm to help build an executive team who will build the team as well. Wolfpack James said, yeah, what if we hired a search firm? And the search firm said he should hire Steve Wilkes. 704 said the same thing. Uh, 704, also a different number, said, the best quote I've heard about Tepper is he just can't understand why he can't spend enough money to get a successful football team. Yeah, I guess it just doesn't work like that. Stanford P wrote in, Dom Capers would be the funniest answer a search firm Mm. brought back to him. (laughs) I actually, I'm going to go a different way where like we can go with, yeah, Ron Rivera would be hilarious. Hey man, you should take a look at this Ron Rivera guy. I actually think Ben Johnson and Bill Belichick would be hilarious because if it was Ben Johnson, then David Tepper would be like, what the bleep? I already knew that. That was my number one option in the first place. I also like him hiring a search firm, them coming back with Bill Belichick saying, Hey, you know, we did a lot of research. We really <laughs> grinded the tape. And this guy's got six Super Bowls, man. You should hire him. I think those would be my funniest answers. That'd be your best candidate. Despite some of the guys that you would bring back to the organization. Yeah, I think it would be too. And so um, it'll be interesting because you brought good points to the table because I felt like, to me, I would think it would be a no-brainer for him to hire a search firm. But with what you said, and I'm sure a lot of people would echo those sentiments that he yeah. probably won't. Uh, Deacon Donna said primetime. Deion Sanders, that would be funny. No, that would be. Oh, yeah, Picante. He said Urban Meyer. 
<laughs> what if? Hey, man, look, I don't know if you saw. He was great at Ohio State. I know it didn't go well with Jacksonville, but he lasted longer than Frank Wright. And he learned his lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they'd say. He learned. Oh, no. Reverend Herbaceous, Matt Canada. Please. Be... Oh, 980. What if they came back with Mac Brown? You don't even have to leave the state. <laughs> Mac Brown would be that answer. Another one that would be funny is, hey, have you seen what Joe Brady's done with this Bills offense? Have you ever heard of this guy? <laughs> Bring him back. Be the head coach. I think he's ready now. He's matured. He has matured. He's older now. He's yeah. seen a lot of things. He got a better quarterback. Stanford P also wrote Nicole Tepper. What if the search firm said, hey, you're married to her? Yeah. How about that? So you might be the one running things anyway. Might be the Well, that's the, that's the joke at least. Yeah. Nicole Tepper, even though I think a lot of that's overplayed. Yeah. Nicole Tepper, that would be one of the answers that would be funny if somebody brought that to the uh, to the owner of the Panthers. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the head coach that Ben Volden wrote about. Bill Belichick, right? Ben Volden said this is a real possibility. Wrote an article earlier this morning. I believe, I'd, you know, we'll, we'll see if uh, he can hop on here on WFNZ. But Ben Volen said, quote, this isn't just my opinion that Bill Belichick could be going to the Panthers organization. This is based on conversations with league sources who know the coaching market and know Belichick and Carolina. Now, here are a couple of other things from Ben Volen's article. He said this, quote, his arrival would likely be welcomed by Panthers fans because of the lack of success the last six years. Okay, we'll stop there. One, if the text line is representative of all Panthers fans, he is all the way wrong on that. His arrival would not be welcomed by Panthers fans based off what we've heard. A couple of other things Ben Bowen wrote. Tepper would be easier to work with than the Chargers owner in the Spanos and the more inexperienced Josh Harris, who now owns the Washington Commanders. Are we sure about that? Do we think David Tepper would be easier to work with than, yes, even if they're cheap, Spanos family and the inexperienced Josh Harris? I, just because he's inexperienced doesn't mean that he's going to be hard to work with. I don't know anything about him right now. Sure. But David Tepper has proven that he's not the easiest to work with, at least with these coaches that continue to get fired. And the last thing that I, I wrote with uh, wrote down from what Ben had in his article he said that Bill Belichick does have great relationships with the Giants and the Bengals owners. Maybe you could go to the Giants. I don't know if they'll fire Brian Dable. Bengals aren't going to be firing Zach Taylor. So maybe Carolina makes the most sense. I don't want it, Wes. I'd rather just move on. Plus, with Joe Person joining us a little while ago saying Bill Belichick would have to have control over personnel. I don't want him to have control over personnel. I'd rather move in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, and I know we started to get into a little bit of a tiff yesterday about Belichick's legacy and who made who and how much did no, he no. have to do with the Patriots and their success. But um, that's the thing, man. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. And for a lot of fans, they've seen since Tom Brady's gone, whether you buy into the narrative or not, that he has been washed since 12 left the building. As far as picking players, strategy, there have been lots of blunders that Belichick, Belichick has had that have made him look like a far cry from the Super Bowl winning coach that he once was. And so I think that's the thing that would be awful here. And I talked about the other day some of the – guys that we've gotten here, whether it be athletes or coaches that were washed from their former glory. And so I think that this would just add to it. 
Uh, Belichick would just be coming in trying to turn this thing into the Panthers way. And I just don't think that that way of doing things is flying, especially with this uh, new era of players grinding on guys like that. It just wouldn't work. Well, this is – I hate the idea. Yeah, because they haven't been successful post-Tom Brady. Yes, because he has not proven to be a good GM for a while now. Even with Tom Brady, they couldn't get – talent at the wide receiver position nearly as much as what you would hope for for an aging QB. But Wes, here's what I would be most concerned about. Mac Jones was their young QB. Still is. What he decided to do because he has this undying loyalty to some of the members of previous staffs, he chose to put a defensive-minded guy as the offensive coordinator to help groom his second-year QB and thought that was the best decision for Mac Jones. His loyalty is too strong to these guys that pretty clearly haven't worked out in different scenarios to where he's going to come here to Carolina. Bill Belichick is going to want control. And with Bryce Young as my second season QB, who we want to improve as much as he possibly can so that he's the franchise quarterback, what's he going to do at the offensive coordinator position? Yeah. At least you brought in Bill O'Brien. That's nice. But if Bill O'Brien gets another head coaching job somewhere, and even if he doesn't, maybe he sticks around in New England without Bill Belichick. If he brings B.O.B. here, fine enough, I guess. But there have been so many bad coaches. This is this has been you know long solved. But the Bill Belichick coaching tree, actually not that great. We've seen a lot of duds from the Belichick coaching tree. It's the Andy Reid coaching tree that's been more successful. We've actually seen some success despite not many hires because he's already young, but we've already seen some successful hires from the Sean McVay tree, from the Shanahan tree. Bill Belichick, it's been a, a poorly kept secret for a while now that those guys don't usually work out, and he continues to hire him. Joe Judge, hey, man, don't matter. You can come back. Even though it was a disaster with the New York Giants, nah, man, you can come back on my staff. Matt Patricia, sure, come back. Hey, uh, offensive coordinator, sure, why not? We'll have you call plays. It was a disaster, Wes. Yeah, and I would more so call it the Tom Brady tree. Tom should be getting a lot of flowers from a lot of coaches around here with how many jobs he's gotten, guys. And I saw a graphic, man, and I know on social media sometimes you got to do some digging because I really hope for the sake of the Carolina Panthers that Bill O'Brien is not a realistic option uh, for this team going forward. If you want to reunite him with Bryce as far as a head coach quarterback combination, I mean, seriously, that would be fright night around here if they did that. But as far as Bill Belichick is concerned, like I said, he's just shown an inability to be able to find talent. Like people, you know, you could look and say, oh, with Tom Brady, all you want, he was a six round pick. Like, you're not going to get a ton of credit for me for taking a fly on a guy that you more than likely brought in to be your second or third team quarterback. You had no visions of him being the greatest football player of all time or at least the greatest offensive football player of all time, you had no vision of that. So I don't, I don't want to hear that one bit. Uh, like I said, I, I just feel like the bringing in Bill Belichick, a guy that, in my opinion, is at the end of the road. I just don't think that that would be a great move. What if the search firm came back and said you should hire Biff Pogey? I think that would be a funny answer <laughs> as well. There's a guy down in Charlotte, man. I know it hasn't looked great, but, you know, he can he can do the thing. And But he's a successful businessman, David. That might get him. That might. It's like, oh. They can compare notes with each other, have business lunches every week. He's made a lot of money? Oh, okay. Clearly, he's very yeah. smart. 
all right, you can be the head coach of this Panthers <laughs> team. Let's talk more about Biff Pogey with somebody that knows a little more about the head coach than we do, including David Tepper. That's Hunter Bailey of the Charlotte Observer. Also, the Charlotte Post writes about the Charlotte Hornets for the Post. You can find him on Twitter at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. Hunter, we appreciate it, man. How are you? Doing good, guys. I'm over here listening to Bill Belichick slander. Like, what's going on? I know. Well, we got you Ben Volen. That's what's going on. <laughs> we, we got Ben Volen writing about the possibility of Bill Belichick going to the Carolina Panthers, being the Panthers' next head coach, which I think all of us disagree with. We do not want that to happen. I actually like what Biff Pogey was able to build at the end of this season. It still was a weird game at the end here, Hunter. We had our highs. We were not without them. We had some good Trexler Ivy performances. We also had the performances where he threw about four or five interceptions. How would you describe the first year with Biff Pogey at the helm here in Charlotte? I think it was a roller coaster, maybe, maybe like the Fury. You know, you're going up a little bit to the top, and then you, you kind of hit the straight down for a little bit. You figure it out. You talk about the one and five start, end up three and nine. You, you talk about some of the highs. That starting the season with a win at home, starting the Pogier with a win, and then getting that ECU victory on the road. Those are some of the highs, and obviously competing with Memphis. Uh, but there were a lot of lows. You talked about five, four or five picks a game, it felt like. Uh, a lot of walk-ons, playing a lot of time, a lot of injuries. And that's that kind of – I mean, they're missing 12 starters in the final game of the season. They had offensive linemen playing defense. They had – it, it was one of those years where it's like, okay, obviously this didn't go right, but what can you take from it? I think what you can take from it is that there is some talent on this team. You saw six guys named to the AAC first, second, and third teams, as well as the honorable mention today. And quite a few of those guys are coming back. So you feel good about what you have. Now it's time to take that next step and get in that portal and, and try and do some numbers. Hunter, you wrote on the Charlotte Observer an article with the headline, Biff Pogey on Lessons Learned and What's Next for the Charlotte 49ers football program. What do you think was the biggest lesson that he learned, at least that he relayed to you? The, the most interesting one, I think, is he said he would not make the same mistake of recruiting so many players from an individual high school like St. Francis. I thought that. Him saying that caught me off guard. I mean, I know that they had brought on 28 players from the same high school. And obviously that makes it tough for a culture trying to ingrain something that's already started at St. Francis with about a hundred other guys that are coming in from different areas, whether they knew Biff from their time at Michigan, you know, recruiting through that process, this and that. But that was the culture dilemma this year was so many folks from one school. And I mean, when I hear that as a lesson learned, Obviously, don't make that mistake again. He's not going to have as many guys from his high school tenure at St. Francis. And I think that he's kind of realizing the importance of we got to recruit Charlotte and we got to keep these guys that are in state in the state and at the Queen City. And that's I think that's probably the biggest lesson now is taking the high school town around here and trying to actually build something with it. Yeah, Hunter, that was going to be my question to you is do you think that that should be the path going forward or is he in a position that because of how this first season went that he needs to try to yet again win again quickly and hit the transfer portal uh, very hard and let that be the the crux of the guys that he brings in to be able to help them next season? He's talking about the freshman class, and I get 17 players as it stands. It's uh, decently ranked in the American. 
but he has talked a lot about the portal. I think they're, they're going to be very active in the portal and whether that's trying to get Charlotte natives back home or whether that's just going for the best talent. He talked a lot about one of the things, the main things he said that also shocked me at the end of the season is that he's not necessarily interested in power five drop downs at this point. He'd rather have players that are coming up from FCS up from smaller schools and have a chance to prove it at Charlotte. And I, I mean, you saw a lot of players with power five drop down, come here and have success. You're talking the green, Demetrius Knight, Dante Balfour, Yavi Oki, just four alone on the defense. And I think if you can get some of those guys on offense, obviously the key position you need as a quarterback and you need some receivers. And then in my opinion, the biggest need on this team, I mean, you can mention quarterback, but it's offensive line. They're, they're replacing four of the five starters on that O-line after this season. And, again, it's going to be another how many big bodies can you get in the transfer portal because if you want to run this Michigan-style offense where you run the ball down people's throat and then go play action, you've got to have the guys up front. And we saw this year they did not have that. Are there players that you feel like on the roster right now that are vital for them to keep that they could be in danger of losing to the portal at this point? I think there's really two to three uh, I think you worry about Darrell Robinson potentially hitting the portal. You want to keep him in Charlotte. He had some flashes this year, missed most of the season, but was able to preserve a red shirt uh, due to an ankle injury. You look at him, you look at Demetrius Knight. I don't. I think Demetrius Knight will stay put. Uh, he had a career year and is the only first-team all-conference player for the 49ers with 96 tackles. And you look at someone like Donnie Balfour coming from North Carolina and having a career year tying the school record and pass breakups, having a game feeling interception. Those three guys, those are the three that I'm looking at. Like you got to keep these guys here. They're the staples two on defense and one on offense right now. Hunter, last thing I want to ask you about is the hiring of legendary Tim Brewster, legendary coach Tim Brewster, excellent recruiter, spent this last season with Colorado. Before that, he was with Dion at Jackson State. Before that, Florida. I mean, he's made a lot of stops at a lot of different places within the last decade even. But what kind of hire do you think this is in bringing Tim Brewster aboard? I think it's huge for Charlotte, man, because if you – I mean, what all we're talking about is the portal and recruiting and what Charlotte needs talent-wise to compete in this conference. And you talk about bringing in like one of the blue-chip recruiters that obviously has been around, has connections. I mean, you see the outgoing transfer list from Colorado right now. Obviously, a lot of talent there. There's the connection right there. I just saw he offered a four-star tight end from Georgia today. If you can start bringing that, that funnel to Charlotte, you feel good. He's going to be working with the receivers this upcoming year. And that's obviously an area that Charlotte needs to grow on. They need to add some, add some size at wide out, some guys, six, three, six, four, that can go up and turn a 50, 50 ball into an 80, 20. Cause after being spoiled for a couple of years with guys like Grant DeBose, Elijah Spencer, and Victor Tucker, Charlotte did not have that type of a racer player this year. And they, they need that if they're going to make, make this jump. That's Hunter Bailey from the Charlotte Observer recapping the end of the Charlotte 49er football season. You can follow him on Twitter at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. Hunter, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you down the road. Maybe we can talk some Hornets, Charlotte Hornets. You'll be writing for them for the Charlotte Post, but we appreciate all your time this year. And uh, yeah, man, we'll bring you on sometime soon. Absolutely. Take it easy, you guys. And that was Hunter all Bailey right, Hunter. helping us out throughout the year, up and down to say the least. For the 49ers, you know, after he told everybody that he wanted to hold some of these riders by their ankles and <laughs> chew them out 
maybe even whip them a little bit. Talking big, man. Now, uh, hey, they didn't finish last in the conference. Not dead last. So he was right. They just finished 11th out of 14 teams. They didn't finish 14th. So technically he wasn't wrong. But I guess the tone. Is that an improvement in your eyes? Do you feel like as an alum, with what you saw and what you expected, do you feel like the Biff Pogey first season at the helm is a success? No, I would not call it a success. No, hell no. But I don't want to get rid of him. I wouldn't call it a success, but I don't want to get rid of him. I think think Biff Pogey, that article that Hunter wrote, by the way, he was very candid in what he learned. Even Hunter shared some of that. But – Saying that he doesn't want to bring all these guys from one high school anymore, I thought that was very revealing. Saying, hey, oh, that's might even, I don't know about relationship damaging with some of these players, but pretty telling. I also was reading this article from Hunter, and Biff Pogey said he thought he had to be a head coach in college a different way than what he was in high school. But he said, I didn't think I could be really regimented, bring a lot of discipline to the table. But what I found out, what I found out is that it's exactly what a college team needs. Yes, I was at Michigan, but it's different. It's different when you're running the program. We have a whole laundry list of things to add to our process. It will be completely different, but I thought being a head coach, I wouldn't be able to coach the way I coached teams at St. Francis and Gilman, each of those high schools. So he said that. He talked about not bringing all these dudes from one high school. He talked about um, you know, even just bringing guys up instead of down. You know, where, okay... If we go to the FCS level, we go to a, uh, a level that isn't where we're playing, but they played well, then let's bring them aboard instead of the guys that couldn't figure it out at some of these Power 5 schools. Yeah. Oh, they recruited well, so they still have to have a lot of talent. We can bring the most out of that, but you're just not able to. I, I, I thought what he's saying here, Wes, it did make me believe, okay, like I believe it's what we kind of wanted from David Tepper. Give us some substance as to letting us know what you're learning. But he doesn't. He's letting us speculate. He's not doing anything, and he's not saying anything that allows us to know, hey, he really is learning on the job. Biff Pogey would not call the first year a success. But I do think he's learning, and I'd like to see this thing out another year at least before Mike Hill considers moving on. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say about that is the transfer portal to me is dangerous, and that's a lot of the reason why Dabo said he feels how he feels about it. It's like either you go get a guy, if the guy wasn't uber successful at a bad program and wants to get out to go to greener pastures to try to win – Unless they're a really young guy. But when you're taking these guys that are tenured and fourth and fifth year guys that are coming out and trying to transfer, there's a reason why they're in the portal. That's right. Let's move on. We got one more segment to go. It's Weston Walker finishing up here on a Wednesday. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
We ended the show yesterday with people concerned for Fiddy's life. He questioned the parenting skills of one Mama Miss Fonda Bryant. He was coming at Wes unnecessarily so. He's been a little froggy in that regard, I don't know, the last couple weeks. Talking a lot of trash about Wake Forest, both basketball and football. And it's not like you even started with some of the North Carolina hate. Sometimes you might. But most of the times it's been Fiddy starting all of this up. And then he ended yesterday saying he questions Mama Bryant's parenting. Yeah. Well, that's when a lot of people on the text line that were saying, go heels, fighting you. That's when a lot of them bowed out. They said, no, I'm done. Once you start questioning parenting skills, I'm out. I'm sorry. (laughs) This is not my fight anymore. DJ Skinner knew what time it was. Lots of people did. Well, she called in, folks. She didn't take too kindly around. Uh, she didn't take that too kindly, and I can understand why. Let's go to the phone line, Mama Bryant. I just, I'm sorry that you had to hear that, but feel free, lay into Fiddy because he deserves every bit of it. Well, thank you very much, uh, Walker. You know, Wesley came home and told me, and I was like, wait a minute, I gotta have a conversation with this young man. Oh, he snitched. <laughs> Wes snitched on my him. Parent, my parenting skills. First off, I had to take time out of. You know, I'm out here trying to make the world a better place. I just got back from CMPD during the interview, and then I had to put up with this nonsense. So I am very disappointed in Josh. I made him a cake, a cake. I brought that up too. I'm I'm about to I'm about to kiss butt right here. I did that too, Miss Fonda. I told him that, but he wasn't listening. (laughs) Okay. Well, you know, and I had just told Wes the other day. You know what? We have got to have him over for dinner. Now I'm questioning whether to have him over for dinner. Now you welcome Walker. Thank you. But that other one, we're gonna have to have a conversation about that. How dare he question my parenting skills? (laughs) I am a good mama. Thank you very much. I know you are. I know Mama tried. Walker tried talking to him yesterday he just was not listening to me fitty what do you have to say for yourself i just gotta know because you know y'all are beautiful people y'all y'all are some of the nicest most down-to-earth people in the world but and this is the time of thanksgiving and cheer and joy i'm, I'm gonna stop you right here because i know what's about to come Look next you're yeah. about to make it worse what you're about to say you're about to make it worse how you don't know where i'm going oh i ha- i know you too and well I, these days i just don't know why you want to go around spreading unc hate like it's just you know because y'all first off carolina blue looks good on wes you know so they're, 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 it's, it's a natural color for him it's just not a good look for y'all there's no reason to hate the flagship university of the state you call oh home. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, Wesley could have gone to school there because they did offer, but I told him, son, I said, if you go to school at Carolina, I will not be cheering for you. Told you. I Zero. got it honest. Zero. We cannot say. See, I used to be a pharmacist tech, and I used to work with a lot of pharmacists at Carolina's Medical Center, and they talked about the Tar Heels ad nauseum. I can't stand your fan base, can't stand the colors, even though my colors in high school were the same colors as Carolina. Can't stand them. That's my boy. Wesley, you keep doing what you're doing, and I'm very disappointed in you, Josh, because I was thinking about having you over for dinner, young man. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll bring him over and fix him a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, we'll hit get peanut butter and jelly. No lasagna for you. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yep. and, leave, and, no, and no crust cut off either. Like, yeah. you gotta eat the crust. No yeah. crust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a bottle of water. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> like Harris Teeter brand. Yeah, get Not you a bag lunch, brand. man. Get you a bag lunch. All there right. we go. All right, Mom. Well, we appreciate it. All right, that. y'all yeah. be hey.
All right. Behave. All right. Bye. <laughs> oh. Yeah, she addressed you as young man and Joshua. And then she said that other one. Mm-hmm. My yeah. dad, who's even when he's being dis- when I've disappointed him, which is like every other day of my life, <laughs> I still get the first name. That other one. Yeah. Oh man, y'all should have stopped me before I went too far. Yeah, I tried. I, I mean, tried. you got in good for a Tar Heel fan in the first place. You know what I'm saying? The fact that she showed as much love as she did with you being a Tar Heel guy. So, you know, you kind of. Ran out a little bit, you know? People are loving it on the text line. 919, <laughs> all caps, exclamation points, preach. 704, yeah, he gets tap water. Brian said, get a Mama Bryant. The spaceman, he wrote in, you were addressed as young man. And that other one, no recovering from that. That's true. All of this yeah, is room true. room temperature, man. Just, pour, just get him, you know, go to the sink and... Turn on the faucet. Give you a glass of water. That's it. Yep. You, you don't get anything else other than yeah. that. Um, we're scrolling. Yeah, DJ Skinner. And he wrote back in, taking away the lasagna is as good as death to Josh. <laughs> Although the image of, of, of her going to watch you play football if you were a Tar Heel fan uh-huh. and her booing you, why do I see that image very vividly in my head? Yeah, you know, it would have been tough. Like, you know, my, my son, you know, he hoops or whatever. And, and for whatever reason, I'm not even saying he's close to that now, but if for whatever reason... You know, down the line, I told him whatever school would make sense for him, I'd be cool with. But man, would it be hard if he uh, went to Carolina one day? I, I don't. I Mac don't know Brown do shows either. up with that Houston Oiler blue. Jordan no, this would pair. be uh, Hubert Davis coming to talk about basketball. Basketball. Yeah, basketball. Well, we play basketball, yeah, Bryce. That's what it would be. He can bring the Jordans too, though. That would be tough. He'd hook you up and your son. My son is a sneakerhead too, so that might get him. All right, so now we know what it is. Are you going to tell Hubert with all your sources over there in Chapel Hill, hey, I know this kid playing pretty well here in the Queen City area, if you wanted to bring a pair of Jordans and try to recruit him? <laughs> mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know oh. that there's much he could do. You know, I might just keep him outside for a while to talk but, you know, before but the, I decide to let him in. It, but also, like, knowing Wes and the vitriol, it would be like an inside job from the beginning where, like, he would, he would pay Bryce to be a bad person a bad kid to tear <laughs> apart the culture just so he could maybe be the person that was the downfall of Carolina basketball. No, it would be like, oh, <laughs> that'd that's be a good that, movie, wouldn't it? That's something that Wes Bryant would do. That would like. be good. Yeah, that would be great. For me, though, you know, it would be more so a scenario where we play it out and lead them on so we could get the box of Jordans and then after that tell them, nah, we're going to go uh, somewhere else. A better idea is that your kid, dominant basketball player, Gets All-American, yeah. right? All of the accolades. Leads Carolina to the championship. And just point shaves like a mother. <laughs> gets to the championship. You feed him. You feed him. He goes like one of 18. Yeah. <laughs> he picks up five fouls, but stays in the game. Stays in the game so he don't pick up that last one. I would, About seven turnovers. <laughs> I would never do that. We play with integrity. It would be more a scenario that Carolina wins and I'm just on the court vomiting. Uh, just being disgustedly sick of what I'm seeing. Wouldn't be any different than Puff Johnson. Wouldn't be any different from this him. This is true. All right, let's move on. That'll do it for Wesson <laughs> Walker. Keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. It's coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.